hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Colin Nesla and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure. Well, the paper we're going to discuss today, the title is The Impact of Video Assistant Referee VAR on Match Performance Variables at Men's FIFA World Cup Tournament. It has been published this year, 2022, in the Journal of Sports Engineering and Technology. It has three authors, Allianz Kubai and Abel Toriola, both from the University Chuani, University of Technology in South Africa, and Paul Larkin from the Victoria University in Australia. Great. So I think one of us has an introduction. So who wants to tell us what this paper is about a bit more in detail? Okay, it's my it's my task then. <laughs> so well, the paper is, is nice. It's like it's quite timely, considering that even that the VAR has been implemented some years ago, people are still discussing about this. And it's kind of controversial. There are people that really like the implementation of this in football, but others that simply hate saying that, come on, it changed the game, it changed the atmosphere, it stops, and so on. So what the authors wanted to do in this paper was to check, as the title say, whether some match performance variables changed when comparing to different World Cups, one World Cup that didn't have VAR at the time, and a World Cup when it has been implemented. So they explain the use of the VAR. Let's say the referee cannot use this all the time. It depends on four particular conditions in game, like when there is a red car, it can cancel or give the red car, or if there is a penalty decision, goals decisions, and mistaken identity of the player. So basically, these are the four conditions that the VAR can be used, that the referee in match, in game, can be called by those assistant referees in the room. And just before we go on, what about you two? Suppose you could choose between watching a match with the VAR and one without. What would you choose? If Real Madrid is the opposing team, I would like with. VAR. If Real Madrid is not the opposing team, then I would not have a preference. I like the VAR. Personally, I like the VAR. I think that the use is still quite questionable. There are so many mistakes, but it provides fairness, or at least it is trying to provide some fairness to the game. What about you, Corno? I only like it for offside. For everything else, I think it's terrible the way they do it. But that's only my opinion, so... Well, penalty kicks, I guess, it changed quite well in case of penalties. But don't you think it's strange? You know, they look at penalties, but suppose you have a free kick that is super, super close to the D, they're not looking at it. And in some teams, you have people who are super good with that stuff and they're excluding it. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes they look at these free kicks as well, but most of the time they now they focus on, I don't know, penalties and that. I think it's a complete exaggeration, but that's only my perspective. No, but I see your point. Well, okay, going back to this introduction. So essentially it's this. They were talking about the VAR. They mentioned that there are some papers that analyze the impact of VAR in football leagues, so domestic football leagues, but there is no previous research inspecting this in World Cup, in international tournaments. So this is the main aim 
that they had at their research. So it was to investigate how the introduction of the video assistant referee influenced these match performance indicators at FIFA World Cup matches. So for me, I'm going to explain the method and it couldn't be easier, not maybe not easier, but more straightforward to do that because what they do is they have two groups and the one group had a bar and the other one didn't have one. So they're looking at the World Cup from 2014 without and then the one with the bar and that's 2018. And what makes this even more straightforward is that in both cases, they had 64 games. So they just have to compare those two settings. And what they then explicitly do is they compare the VAR for a few variables. For example, goals, penalties, corner kicks, yellow cards, red cards, fouls, offside, playing time, and so on. And then they compare the mean and see if there's a difference between the two groups. So, Carlos, what do they find? Yes, the paper have a couple of interesting results that we can discuss because what I guess they're trying to do is they're trying to understand if players may change or adapt their behavior after the introduction of these VAR. And for me, there are two main results in the analysis. The first one, Cornell, you mentioned it before, it has to do with the offsides. The author found a significant decrease in the number of offsides. And I think this is very interesting because this is something that players can easily adapt to. If you're a striker on a team and all of a sudden you know that there is someone watching you from above and it's really easy for them or mechanic to see if you are in an offside position, you will try to make it not that obvious. And this is interesting because it happens to me as well. When I used to play football, sometimes I had three referees. So one of them was checking the offside. And then I was very careful trying not to be offside because it was easy for this person to see. But sometimes I also played football when there was only one referee. And then I knew that for that guy, it was a lot more difficult to see what was going on. So I adapt my behavior a little bit depending on who was watching. And I think this is sort of the effect that the authors find with these results. Very interesting, Carlos, because I completely disagree with your interpretation. Because I could imagine <laughs> that it's simply the referees and they are not as often calling for bad offside. So just suppose that the players, you know, they're professionals and they're not changing the attitude at all. But before it was many times that referees called outside, which in fact wasn't an offside. And now they can't do that anymore. So, I mean, the play goes on and then they're scoring and maybe the referee would have said, yes, that's offside. And then they check, but it isn't. So I think maybe you're right, but it could also be the fault of the referees. All right. Then I have another question, maybe for Tadeo. Now there's a more offsides, but we see that some of them are super tight, really tight. Does this improve the game or make the game worse? To me, this one, this is difficult. It's like there's this discussion about, they say that in the English Premier League, they use the line a bit larger than in other leagues in order to make the game be flowing more so in brazil we were discussing this whether we could change for the next year i really don't have an answer for that i would say i like the idea that the game is being played so but still it's it's tricky 
I was thinking something like confidence intervals, you know, like some sort of error that, that you could allow because as a consumer, I want to watch goals, you know, this is what is fun to watch, not the referee calling an offside. So I would allow a little bit, you know, when these offsides are very, very tight, I'm not interested in a few centimeters if the striker was 20 centimeters ahead the defender, I would perhaps push it. The point is that one is against your team. You want to be exactly in the perfect millimeter. So this is really hard to discuss about. I guess, let's say, if they can create a really clear metric, it will be perfect. But still, when we have different combinations, different leagues, then it's hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then the authors find another interesting result, and this one has to do with penalties. There is also an increase in the number of penalties that are called in these games. Cornell, is this a good or a bad thing from a consumer perspective? Okay, good question. So I think if it's a penalty, the referee should give a penalty. And I think that if indeed it really is a penalty, it's a good thing. But I was astonished by this result. Yeah, but I think it's good, yeah. This is what Tadeo thought before about the interpretation. This VAR also gives some room for interpretation. And with these things that we see inside the penalty box, sometimes how hard someone is pushing another player, that's difficult to call from a VAR room, I think. Mm -hmm. So, but the next interesting result, are you guys watching the World Cup this year? I am. Tadeo is? When is possible. Corner is not watching. So what I realized is the authors find in this paper that there is a significant increase also in playing time. And what is happening in this World Cup, like the extra time that the referees are given are really long. So most of the games now include about six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes of extra time. And this might be in line with these results that the authors find, but I don't know where the VAR should draw the line. What is playing time and what is time that is being wasted on purpose is also a bit tricky. Mm -hmm. really? Yeah, this one particular even increased more because we have the five substitutions than we had before. Uh, so true. it also adds more time for this. True. This rule is now in place. Yeah. 10 minutes considering that a half time has 45. So it's like it's a lot that you are adding at the end. Yeah. And pe but people are you yeah. come from futsal. How can it be tricky for you? I mean, from your perspective, because in futsal, it's the same as in basketball, right? You just stop. When the ball is not rolling, you stop, don't you? Mm -hmm. That's true. So, I mean, they could do the exact same thing in football as well, but they don't because they want to earn some money. So, I, <laughs> I understand that it's tricky if you do it like that, but in principle, you have a very clean metric and a clean way how you can do it. They don't want to do that, and that's fine. That is true, but the game is already 90 minutes long, and for many people, this is already a long time to watch. And a lot of people now prefer not to watch highlights and stuff like this. So if you bring more minutes to the game, and so people have to spend about two hours sitting down, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing from a consumer perspective, again, for the business. But I have to give a little bit more thought about this in the future. Anyways, I was really happy to read this paper and it's very timely. I hope our listeners also enjoy while watching or not watching the World Cup. Cornell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This thank is everything you. for today's podcast. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned. <laughs>